0: Welcome. I am Aaron Giesbrecht, head QB trainer and owner of Big Air Academy, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And you are tuned in to my podcast called Talking QBs with Coach Gies, a podcast dedicated to the Canadian quarterback and offensive football. And today, on our eighth episode, we're majoring in football with head coach of the St. James Rods, Caleb Gowdy, and his quarterback, Nathan Lateo. How's it going, boys? How you guys it's going doing?
1: great. Thanks for being here on.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, coach, you know, you're a pretty young guy. I'm interested, uh, how did you become the head coach of, of the major rods?
1: Well, like uh, any other coach, uh coach before me, stepped down. And um, I was coaching JV with Sturgeon Knights under Eric Vincent there. Okay. And I was on Twitter and I seen uh, St. James Rods needs a coach. Uh, I seen it was like all caps lock like the, it said the league was was gonna fold and I was thinking like geez like I, I loved playing major I used to play major back in the day and there was there was no way that I could let the league fold you know and it was it, it was an opportunity to step up you know I was at DC there on the JV team with uh with Sturgeon Heights and it was an opportunity to, you know kind of start my own program and then leave my own impact and then help out as many young guys as, as I can so definitely a big challenge when I took over the program they, uh, they had played their playoff game the year before 15 guys Wow. so and yeah they finished the game they played against Eastside there they all those 15 guys you know they gave it their all but you do what you can with 15 guys right and then um, out of that 15 guys there I want to say we had maybe five or six guys from from that core wanting to come back so first we're taking over that program was finding players and finding good players like Nathan so it was, uh, it's definitely tough. You know, you know what it's like to coach, it's never easy, especially coaching major 17 to 23 year olds. It's got his challenges, but no regrets, man. I love it. I love my team. I love my players. I love, I love the league. So.
0: That's excellent. I can definitely see that from, uh, you know, your social media presence and just, uh, getting to know you a little bit over the last year or so. Um, you know, one thing being a younger coach, you know, I, uh, I got into coaching right after playing and uh, you are not that far removed from being a player. So I'm interested, do you find that, you know, being somewhat close in age to your players, do you think that that's valuable for you connecting with those guys and being able to coach them?
1: Oh, 100%. You know, uh, kids these days, they're, People want to say they're like the, the, the gen, what is it, gen X, gen Y, gen Z. know oh, I don't God. even know what gen it is, but different different generation. It seems like every four or five years, kids are, kids are different. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I uh, I don't want to say it gives me a, a huge advantage as a coach, but it, it definitely helps being able to connect with your players and, and, and see where they're coming from. Because it wasn't too long ago. I was playing major. I was 19, you know, 20 years old, yeah. struggling to pay my registration fees and figure out what I want to do with my life, where I want to go, or how, how I want to be. What kind of man i want to be so it definitely helps definitely helps connecting with him but nice. at the same time you know it has its cons because i have these young guys looking at me like oh he, he hasn't coached much mm-hmm. he's a young guy push him around and challenge right so oh, i mean... know nathan you know he's probably got some stories of trying to try and push me around there <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's too funny well, that's great coach so nate getting into you buddy uh what do you like most about playing for Coach? You played for Coach for a couple of years.
2: I definitely, and all of my coaches, he definitely put the most effort towards his team. That's one thing I admire about him. He he's out there social media, giving us all the work he can. He's talking about his players, talking to other coaches. You know, a lot of us want to keep playing, and he's definitely out there trying to help us out get there. Even with when I play flag, he's come watching our games, extra workouts. A lot of he goes above and beyond compared to a lot of other major major coaches out there for sure.
0: Nate you went to a couple junior camps I guess in 2019 when we were last able to play Uh, and you know you had an opportunity to possibly be a backup uh, at a couple different places Uh, I know me and you we had kind of a a heart-to-heart talk about you know your situation and whatnot and you decided to go back and play for coach for one more year what was it about that year uh, in 2019 that was valuable for you to get on the field and get live reps
2: um, well, I thought it was me at those camps. I felt like I was there, but not, not fully there yet. I was close. I thought, and I thought I need the game reps. So the key thing was we had, a, we had a lot of good guys coming back, good group. I'm thinking, you oh, know what? I can go back there and play another season, or maybe I could play for a team and maybe never see the field. And I was still young enough. I'm thinking if I play well enough this year and I keep improving next year, I have a chance to start somewhere. So that was the big thing I knew. Kale was bringing a great group of guys, and I wanted to be a part of it one last time.
0: I like the patience there and just kind of the foresight to, uh, you know, to to realize that it's going to take some time and, and where you want to get. And, and, you know, getting those live reps, being able to play is invaluable, right? Like, if you weren't going to get those reps, you're not going to get better, right? So so I really like that you uh, made that choice and played for coach. Now, in terms of, you know, just major football the league kind of, you know, coach, you you talked about the age group and whatnot. Um, What is it about major football, the major football league that you really like, coach?
1: Well, when I came out of high school, I uh, tried out for the rifles. Mm -hmm. And this is back when they're taking 20, 25 kids out of high school. So I never made the team. I got cut. And um, I didn't know any other options, right? So major was the only option for me. So it gives guys an opportunity to keep playing. First and foremost, it's uh, it's low stress environment. You know, it's we're not we're not getting paid to to do this as coaches. We do it because we love the game and we, and we love the players, right? We love the league. Mm-hmm. So, the, definitely the level of stress is is low. You know, you can balance your school, you can balance a job, and you can play football. I know these guys coming out of high school, they want to go straight to junior football. Right. But if you're playing for the rifles, that's five days a week, right? You're, that's like, that's a job. So you got to pick. You got to pick either football and school, or football and a job. It's there's you can't get all three, right? And if you right. try to get all three, like you're you're Superman. Like good good luck to you yeah. there. But when, when some something's gonna if you pick all three, something's gonna falter there. So I think the, the the major junior league gives a great opportunity for young guys to come and develop. Get good game reps like Nathan. Like when Nathan first came to us, mm-hmm. he was raw. He can, he'll tell you himself, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And how did he get that? He got better when 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 the when the guns are fired, when 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 those guys are actually coming after him. Right. Because you can you can work on your mechanics all day long. You can work on your on your seven on seven flags, but until you got seven guys, you know, who want to take you out, right? Because mm-hmm. you're the quarterback. Everybody wants to take a quarterback.
0: Right.
1: You got seven guys, and that's that's where you you're really growing. That's where I see Nathan grow. Big time as a quarterback and as a leader, so, but uh, I just want to talk about uh, my, my story a little bit there, because when I came out of high school, mm-hmm. I got cut from the rifles two times. Never, I never played uh, major junior till my second year, okay. and it's funny because the, the the guys who were with the rifles my year trying out, well, eventually I, I got an opportunity to play with the rifles. They ended up being my backup. Okay. They, they, they spent four years on the rifles, right, and they never got any game reps. And, and I see, I, I played two years of major. I played a year in camps. So by the time I was back in, in the rifles, my fifth year, mm-hmm. these guys who had made the team when I was, uh, when I was 17, 18, these guys are my backup now. So right. don't, uh, these all these young guys. Don't think there's, there's one path, you know, to, to get to where you want to go. And I think a lot of kids, you know, they hear negative stuff, about the major league, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate, but you know, we're trying, we're doing our best.
0: No, I really like that. That's, that's some great insight. And, and I totally agree with you that, uh, It's an avenue to play and be able to kind of live your life at the same time and not be uh, bombarded with, you know, five days of practice and travel schedule and all that kind of stuff, along with, like you said, school and work and and your life right as a young man. So uh, I think that's uh, I think that's great insight, coach. Now, Nathan, how about you? What do you what did how many years did you play major junior and and what is it about the league that, uh, that you really like?
2: honestly if it wasn't for major junior i probably would have stopped playing football right out of high school that last year i uh, i broke my foot once i tore my knee twice and i was pretty much thinking i'm done with this it was great there i love the flexibility i always wanted to be a teacher mm-hmm. i could definitely still do that while going to play twice a week so i could do that i was working playing i couldn't do all that if i wanted to do that Mm-hmm. And then I went to the Rods for two years. That was definitely a great help. Great guys. And again, the twice a week. I could still become a teacher if I wanted. And another thing is the talent level. A lot of people look at majors and right away, like we get the quote, the beer league. You know, mm-hmm. we get a beer league. But a lot of these guys, they're, they're great players. Some of them even played at the next level. Some are going to the next level. Bryson McNeil, the name one, you know, he just signed to the rifles.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Could be a possible starter there. And we get this bad rep. We have a lot of good players. And it's, I think, slowly surely, it's changing slowly as, as junior guys are starting to get taken right out of majors, which is, I find amazing.
0: Exactly. So so guys are getting recruited out of the major leagues. So I agree with you. Now, guys, the thing that I have kind of in connection with you uh, is that I did play a year of majors uh, back in 2001. Um, so kind of just to give you the full landscape of things, in 2000 I came out of high school, uh, went to the U of M. There wasn't junior football here. Uh quickly realized that you know I wasn't going to play anytime soon and I wasn't ready to play. Um, I needed to go play junior. The majority of the guys that were at the Bisons at that time had played four or five years of junior. They were much older than me, so I knew that I had to, to do something different. Uh, I decided uh, my uncle, he lived in Calgary. Uh, one of my coaches at the Bisons had a connection with uh, the Calgary Colts. We kind of made that happen. Uh, long story short, I ended up coming home. It di- It didn't work out. Uh, I came home, and I actually was going to take a year off of football. I had an injury from the provincial team the year before that was kind of nagging and wasn't getting any better, and uh, I just kind of, you know, I I don't know, I I didn't feel like, uh, I I felt like I kind of needed a year to kind of maybe let my body heal and figure out what I wanted to do. And uh, my best friend, Jason Hucklack, he was a stud for uh, the St. James Rods major team, and when I got back one day, he's like, hey, come out to practice, check it out, whatever, and I kind of was like, okay, whatever, sure, I'll show you.
1: To Corey, Yes,
0: Jason's uh, Corey's older brother. So, uh, so I went to this practice and within, you know, five minutes I'm throwing routes and, you know, they're fitting me for equipment at the end of practice, so uh, I ended up playing on the team. Uh, at the time, there was four teams in the league. There was us, uh, the team in red and black, uh, the Fort Gary Lions and the Eastside Eagles, and again, because there wasn't junior football here at the time, it was a really high level of football at that point. There was a lot of guys that you know were kind of in that, you know, in between stage and whatnot of being a university player or being a junior player, and and a lot of guys played in that league, so it was really competitive. So, uh, what I remember about that season was that we got to play everybody three times. Uh, in the regular season so we played nine regular season games we were eight and one uh, Jason huckluck was the league mVP and he only played in eight of the nine regular season games he scored twenty five touchdowns in those in those eight games as a receiver so, so oh, i was um so yeah so you know it was it was a lot of fun um I really enjoyed it we were you know i, I don't know what uh, major football was like previous to us getting there but I think we were really like the first wide open, you know, shotgun passing team in that league at that time. Uh, our offense was kind of like run by surprise. We, we would throw way more than we ever ran. And, and uh, I had really two really good coaches. We only had two coaches. Uh, Brent Davidson, he was the offensive coordinator. And Kent Wood, who's the D-line coach at the Rifles right now, he was our defense coordinator. Both those guys, excellent guys and uh the great thing that that brent did for me and jason was that he you know over the first couple of weeks of the season we were running his offense and whatnot and we were just kind of a little stagnant and uh he kind of really allowed us as players uh to kind of take over a little bit or maybe take over is not the right word but he allowed us to have a lot of input and kind of put in our own ideas and run our own offense and essentially as the season went on i pretty much called the plays in the game so sort of old school way but Um, I grew so much that year. I developed so much that year. That was the best, uh, you know, week to week performances that I would have, like in my career. Uh, you know, it was so much fun. The, the schedule was like you said, it, it's a little easier. Um, the guys I was playing with at that time were a collection of players that I played with in high school at Oak Park. And then, uh, Jason's crew of guys that played at the rods and kind of, we blended together. It was the perfect storm. Um. We had, uh, we had a tremendous offensive line, the dirtiest offensive line for sure the league's ever seen. Uh, I, my center was Adam Sollinger, rest in peace, Sully. He, uh, he unfortunately passed away just recently, but he was our center, and uh, he would not let anybody get near me. Uh, and Chris Johnston, who coaches at Vincent Massey, was a guard. One of your coaches, Coach uh, Wayne Skordinski, was my other guard. Those two we're guys, there, th- yeah. those three those three guys all together, they took so many objectionable conduct penalties throughout the year. But the funny part was we were talented enough that it didn't matter. That, you know, we were kind of like, just don't let me get touched. I'll, I'll figure out the way to get the first down. So anyways, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Do you,
1: I... uh, you got any Wainer stories there? Because he's our, he's our general manager. He's, just, he's back with the team here. Oh,
0: okay, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I should probably keep those, uh, keep those between me yeah, and you, maybe, maybe. I think podcast yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) but uh anyways to kind of cap it off so we go into the playoffs we win our first game then we're in the final the morning of the final i wake up and uh it's not windy man it is like crazy crazy weather like the strongest winds. i don't know how fast the winds were going how cold it was but it was like a tremendous bad weather game day it was awful so I
1: remember I went to go pick up the, the old bomber stadium. Right?
0: Yeah, the old barn in, in the whistling wind oh, in there. Yeah, so oh, yeah. missed that place. We uh we get the ball early in the game, first quarter, and we go up fourteen nothing. We got the wind, and I I think we're gonna stomp them. Like it, everything's going well. I'm throwing tugs. It's going well, and then the, they get the ball in the second quarter, and uh, then they start to take control with the wind a little bit. they were more of a, a running team and whatnot, and. Uh, We, I think, made a a mistake that you know now as a coach I've learned from, is that because we were against this crazy wind, we decided we were going to try and run the ball in the second quarter and just try to get through the quarter until we could get the wind back. Um, But what ended up happening was you know that didn't work, and uh, we gave them short fields and whatnot. And anyways, they uh, they ended up taking control of the game. Uh, The the score was pretty close, I think, at halftime, and then coming over to the third quarter. They short-kicked the ball and recovered, went down the field and scored. Then did it again, went down the field and scored. I don't think we got the ball back till about a minute left in the third quarter. And then we were just kind of fighting a losing battle. But, uh, you know, uh, it turned out, you know, and I kind of noticed this as the game was going on, that there were some players on that team that weren't on the team the rest of the season. And uh, actually, I I didn't actually know this, but uh, apparently on the Major Junior Football Trophy... It says for the 2001 season, it says the St. James Rods are the regular season champs. So uh, we lost the game, right? but uh, I guess the championship got taken away from them. So um, anyways, you know, it, it was a tremendous year. It, it sucked that we didn't that we didn't bring it home. We should have we, I, I believe we were the better team uh, and, and the weather kind of worked against us. And kind of going back to what I was saying about that lesson learned was just that, You know, now as a coach, I realize, well, it's either one of two things. You either need to have more balance within your system that you don't just totally rely on one thing. But I think that if that is the way you go, if you're, let's say, a a passing team and that's how you roll, then that's how you roll. You shouldn't get out of that mindset and you should just keep doing what you're doing. So... Again, you know, lessons learned from that, from that season and being able to play and call the plays and run the offense kind of as the quarterback, kind of old school mentality, Peyton Manning style. It was so fun. And uh, I cherish all those years. You know, I went on after that to play for the Rifles and for three seasons and whatnot. But uh, I really look back at that Rod season as, as a fond, you know, fond time for me. <laughs> Back at it for the second quarter with Coach Gies, Coach Gowdy, and Nathan Lateo. Coach, I was uh, you invited me out to one of your practices this summer. You guys had uh, a workout at Gordon Bell out on the turf there. Um, you know, I was able to work with one of your quarterbacks for a little bit and saw what you were doing with some of the guys. Uh, what was it about uh, those workouts this summer that you feel like you accomplished for your team?
1: You know what? With COVID-19 restrictions this year and, and no football, it was... know it hurt everybody all amateur athletes so it wasn't um, a workout at all with my team it was just personal workout. so i was getting in some work with my coaches and i said anybody wants to come show up you know i we abided by all the uh restriction rules and all that but uh, i just wanted to give guys an opportunity to uh you know get out of the house do something feel, feel a part of something and I just, you know, you got to feel bad for these grade 12s who miss out on their, on their senior year. Yeah. They miss out on, on all their, all their grade 12 stuff, all, like hanging with their buddies every day. So right. I just want to give them some, give them something to keep their mind off all the, all the negative stuff going on right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, 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 does help out, you know, building, building a team, getting guys working out together, great, great team bonding exercises too. So it was, uh, it was good. it was, it was everybody's running, everybody's getting faster. You know, I was taking some things that I learned when I was a player mm-hmm. and trying to, uh, trying to give that back to the, the guys I'm coaching now. So, yeah. I don't know, Nathan was at a couple. Did, did, you, did you get any faster than everybody
2: <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say faster, but it was definitely, I would get to work and I'd look forward to doing something, right? Football canceled. Oh, we at least get to go to Gordon Belly to get some work in, which mm-hmm. I loved. I love just getting this one. and keep working hard, right? Because the worst thing is being at home and, there's nothing to do, so I thank Caleb for that for sure.
0: Yeah, and well, I, right. and I definitely picked up on that, coach, from just the limited time that I was out there. the The attitude, the the mood was in in the right places. Where you know, you're right. We we were stuck in a situation where we couldn't play ball, but we uh, you know yourself, myself, tried to find ways to to still be out there with the guys, and and I think that's super valuable for your team. Now uh, another thing I see, coach, you know quite frequently. Uh, is you know you're recruiting players. I see that you know you got players that are committing to play for you. Uh, I'm interested in, in kind of your recruiting process and how you recruit players to play for you.
1: Well, if you want to get a guy to come play for you, first first of all, you got to ask him, right? All right. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. How did I get? How did I recruit you there, Nathan? I got your name from uh, the Nomads
2: list. And uh, yeah, gave, gave nice me yeah, a, a nice Facebook message. Yeah, gave you a Facebook message. I was like, hey, I want you to come be a rod. Uh, we're looking for players. Uh I got this great offense coming through for two thousand yards with you in it. I could see like four thousand coming. I was like, Oh yeah, that's great. You gotta be excited to go play. So that's the thing,
1: right? You want to build enthusiasm. You want to get guys excited about their future. Mm-hmm. You want to make them feel a part part of something bigger than them. Because you know that's every man's looking to to be a part of something bigger than them. No, they're you know, there there's really no lone wolves, man. We're all Social beings, we all want to feel a part of something bigger than us, and football is, you know, is a great outlet for that for some young men. So, and you know, Winnipeg, man, we got tons of football talent here, so it's easy to recruit guys.
0: In uh, terms of that recruiting coach, you know, one thing that uh, that's kind of a little bit of a pet peeve for my for me is that uh, you know I just find that some coaches in today's age are kind of lazy, you know, and and I know it's the age of social media and text messages and and dms and all that kind of stuff but uh you know i think that there's a lot of value to connecting with with people on a more personal level uh i think back to when coach Doby recruited me to come play for the u of m he came to my home you know and and yeah it was you know year 2000 along you know 21 years ago now but uh that really meant something to my parents it meant something to me uh there's more of a connection you know in in recruiting players and getting them to want to play for you and feel part of the family if you take those extra steps and I just find that there's a lot of coaches now that they'll just send out a group text hey you know whatever I want to recruit you
1: Go I ahead. feel bad for those players who receive that text right because you know they, they talk to their buddies and they say oh you got the same text so, yeah. you know and you know there's there's no one kid that's ever alike so if you want to try and paint paint brush that all kids are the same mm-hmm. then that that's that's a bad reflection on you as a coach and on your program and you know what Every 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 player in our program is special. I told I told the guys that they may not be the most talented guy, but I want that guy in my program because I, I see something from that guy, and I know that that guy can either take us to win games or it'll help his life move on and get get wins for him outside of football.
0: I totally agree with that, and I just think that they're you know that that little bit of extra is is really what you know people connect with you know not just football but anything in life. If if people are willing to kind of take those extra steps and reach out to you and those relationships. That's that's what makes people want to play for you, right? So I, I really like that. Um so Nathan, you've been training with me at Big Air for a couple years. You know, coach, it was actually sending you messages. I remember a few years ago, you know, on, on different videos that I was sending to try and get you to come out and attend my camps and whatnot. So I appreciate that, coach. Um, but uh, you know, coach, Big I'm air,
1: man. you guys do a great
0: job. I appreciate that. Uh, in terms of I'm Nathan's to... progress and development, coach. What uh? What did you notice the most about about the growth in Nathan?
1: Oh man, this kid, young man. I don't want to call him a kid anymore because he's a young man. Mm-hmm. When he when he first came to our program, he was a kid for sure, for sure. But he, what are you? Twenty two now, young man? 21,
2: 22?
1: twenty one. Twenty one. 21. So yeah, first of all, just you know, seeing him grow as a football player. Mm-hmm. When uh when he first came to us, like we don't have a QB coach on the rods. It's just hard to find good QB coaches. Right. So he couldn't he couldn't three step drop. And I was trying to show him. I, I played D.D. my whole life, so. Right, right. But he, man, he figured out a way. Man, he he got good. It's uh, like I was saying before that the trials by the trial by fire. That that's really where I have seen him grow, mm-hmm. as a leader too. You know, um, sometimes football is an emotional game, and I find that the best players would keep their keep their cool. So, you got uh, some things that he was working on keeping his cool because we, we weren't the best program. We we're on the come up. Mm-hmm. we're going to be the best program now. but the last two years they've been a struggle right i won't lie you yep. gotta you gotta break the ground right before you harvest your crops and nathan man he broke the ground for us so always I was always got my respect for that
0: oh, i i noticed so much progress in your mechanics man you put in some solid work you really paid attention to the coaching and uh you know obviously you were able to play in the, the pro prep league this year and, and kind of do some some really big things so uh you know we're we're both really proud of you nathan for for putting in the work and getting better um coach coming coach coming back to you uh i'm interested in just your overall football story when did you start playing and and kind of take me from from there to where you are now
1: yeah for sure um i started playing football for the rods when i was would have been 12 or 13 years old playing peewee yeah and from there man i was just blessed to be around good talent. i played the two years at the rods and then i moved on to sturgeon heights and this was the first year of the amalgamation. So the year before, they would have been the Schooners, Sturgeon right. Creek.
0: Yep.
1: So, oh man, we uh, I played with so much talent. I played with Anthony Coons, mm-hmm. privileged play with him. Played with Pino La France, right. CFL, the Herman Brothers, CFL studs, some other guys, Zach Rieger, big uh, for the Bisons there, Julian Benares, 5 3 guy with the rifle. So we had a lot, tons of talent. So I was, I was blessed to play there. I was a uh, starter there in grade 10, grade 11, grade 12. Mm-hmm. After our grade 10 year, we won a championship. And uh, we won a double A. Probably could have been playing Triple A. We were stacked. We had Ryan Marsh. You know, we were right. just loaded, man. Yeah. And I uh, ended up playing Triple A there, grade 11, grade 12. Mm-hmm. Kind of got, uh, had, a, had a bad game there my my senior year in the playoffs. So I stopped, stopped playing the year after. And I got cut by the Rifles. So
0: okay.
1: kind of got disillusioned there with football. And then, uh, Two of my buddies who I coach with now, Coach Tyron and Coach Kyle, they said, "Hey, Rod's got a major junior program." And I said, "Major junior?" I'm like, "What's that?" I, I like, I didn't know about uh, any team besides the rifles or the bison. I didn't know about BC. Didn't know anything about any of that stuff. Right. So I'm like, "Rod's football." I'm like, "Sign me up, man. Sounds awesome." So played DB there. We went. I think we started off five and zero there. My uh, my first year ended up playing a talented Eastside team. They ended up knocking us to the playoffs. And the year after that, I played a second year, and then the Nomads ended up beating us two times there by one point. I think that might have been mm-hmm. uh, a Radlinski-run team there. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, from there, I'm like, man, like I, I love this game so much. I had some buddies there, Zach Rieger and uh, another teammate, Kiro Kleiderman, mm-hmm. playing for the Sun. So I said, you know what? I'm 21 years old. You know, I got nothing really going on. I wasn't doing very good in school. wasn't really I didn't really have any focus besides football. I said, you know what? Might as well take the chance. I went up to the Sun Camp. This is with Coach Beatty there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I had a great, great, great camp with them. I thought I was going to make the team. I was on the depth chart. They had like 30 DBs, 40 DBs trying out. Wow. And I'm on the depth chart there at the end. But uh, I remember talking with Coach Beatty there, and uh, he ended up cutting me because I was a fourth-year guy, right? They wanted to go with their first-year guys, the mm-hmm. guys they knew were coming in. So I was crushed. You know, you're out in Kelowna yeah. there. First time in BC looking around. It's beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm like, man, i got to get back to BC somehow. So I knew that uh, Derek Atchison, great Mm -hmm. football talent. He was superstar there at Kamloops. I said, man, Kamloops Kamloops is two hours away from Corona. I got to get on that Kamloops team. So all I did was I said, I remember it was like one in the morning, two in the morning. Mm -hmm. I sent an email to the Kamloops Bronco coach. I said, hey, coach, I got cut by the sun, but I know some guys on your team there. And he sent me the CJF all signing papers and signed with them. Went out there. Left Winnipeg, got a job. Mm-hmm. Great times playing for the Countless Rock. We went six and four is the best season I ever had. But okay. um, it was it was a modified season. We played three games against Chilliwack, three games against West Shore. Just a lot of fun. Lot a lot of pressure though. You know you you're you're, you're away from your family. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had an opportunity in my fifth year to come back, play for the Rifles. This would have been for Coach Parks there, right? And uh, Coach Eddie and mm-hmm. Coach uh, Coach Reddy. Mm-hmm. And I jumped on that opportunity. I uh, came in there week one. I was I was on the travel roster for special teams. And uh, game two, you know, a corner went down. I stepped up. Baldo was doing my thing there, locking it down. And then week seven, I, I tore my ACL. Yeah. It's coming up for a big hit there against Edmonton, and just planted off my right foot and popped on me. But uh, I didn't want to give up, man. I loved the game. I, I loved it too much. And I had uh, I had six games there from the rifles. I had some good tape. So I sent it around, and I got uh, a lot of schools getting back to me, man. It was it was a crazy feeling. You know, you got these coaches reaching out to you, calling you, telling you, cheesing you up, making you feel good, probably saying the same things I said to Nate there.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> but, uh, I gave my commitment there, verbal commitment to U of T. I was getting recruited by Kevin Eben. Okay. And uh, you know, I wanted to take my academics seriously. So I was getting ready to go to U of T there, and I had a. My best friend Derek Drager, who I played with in Camus, mm-hmm. he was telling me, "Oh, I'm going with the bishops next week, and they're flying me out." He's like, "You should send your tape into the coach." Yeah. So another, you know, it's another one in the morning email I sent off to the bishops coach, and he sends me an email back. He's like, "Oh, Caleb, we'd love to have you. Here's the plane ticket with your name on it." Like, yeah. uh, so I'm like, "Oh my god, this guy's spending a plane ticket on me. Like this mm-hmm. guy, this guy must really want me." Right, right. So I flew out there with my buddies. We had a great recruiting trip, small school. I know you had Griffin Schillingford on there. You yeah. talked all about how it was small. It's, it's a magical place, man. Like these small schools, everybody knows each other. Mm-hmm. They love their football. It's, it's awesome, man. So I ended up tearing my ACL a second time on, on the mm-hmm. rehab there. At, and uh, I talked to the Bishop's coach about it. And he's like, yeah, you know, come out. And uh, I did the academic year rehab with them. Mm-hmm. I wasn't working out. They, they fired their coach. So I uh, I was still in connection there with some coaches and uh, Coach uh, Cummins there at Acadia, another great one of the one of the best men men I've ever met in my life. There, he uh, they offered me a spot on their team. Mm-hmm. Went out there and tore my ACL a third time oh, yeah. on the main camp. And now uh, Derek uh, and, uh, yeah, man, Derek Rose, rest yeah. in peace to his knees. Yeah. Well, I just remember praying on it, man. I remember praying on it that that night I tore it, and I'm just like, you know what? I guess I guess God's got other plans for me. So I didn't do the academic year. I came back to uh, St. James there, loved mm-hmm. my parents for a bit and got into uh, coaching there at Sturgeon. Eric yeah. Vincent gave me an opportunity to coach yeah. his JV defense there. And it was a great year, man. I loved it. It was, it was, like, I, it was like I found my new call in there as coach. And it was a great year. We ended up losing our championship, JV championship in overtime. On the mm-hmm. one yard line, our running back got stripped. Man, it was heartbreaking. Oh, okay. But uh, I was hooked, man. I loved, I loved working with uh, the young kids there, helping them out. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said before, I was, I was getting ready to coach second year there with Eric Vincent, and I just seen it on the Twitter and said, yeah. MMJFL needs help. St. James Rods need a coach. So I said, you know what? Let's do it. It was, oh, yeah. good. it called me, man. I, I didn't look for it, man. It, it right. called to me. So, right.
0: oh, I, I love that and coach. Now, you know, you've got a great story coach and, and what I really admire again and, and we've had a lot of people on the show now that kind of have similar paths and you know back and forth between different teams and trying to find the best uh, you know the best situation for yourself but uh, you know the love of the game and then to transfer into coaching right away I, I really uh, I really respect that and uh, you know I'm, I'm definitely like-minded in that sense. Um. So Nathan, how about you, buddy? Like, what's your football background? I know you grew up playing community ball, and you know you're gonna go to Camloops this year. So tell me that story.
2: Um. Well, I started playing Last at the there, um at the age of eleven. I started. I, I was Greenway. I was at elementary playing ta- tackle football. I was like, you know what? I want to try this for real. So I went there. I started my first year. I played nose tackle. Okay. Hated it. I hated it I, I hated it. I got like three tackles all season maybe I was horrible mm-hmm. I was about to quit I was about to quit there but my my mom and dad like you gotta play at least one more year right I go there they moved me to quarterback play a year there we go seven and one I'm a 5-7 dude at 12 years old next year I come back oh, I'm gonna play quarterback again mm-hmm. they move me defensive end and I'm a 5-8 kid now and I played there we had a great season we're the first Valor team to make it to the final but the dudes in red smack us forty to fourteen in the final, and yeah. but it was pretty cool playing at that old stadium. I think we were the last actual tackle game ever to play there before it went demolished. Mm-hmm. It's a cool thing to think about. And then last year, I still played defensive end. I'm still five nine and play there. I get like five six sacks a game because that's when JV started to take over a lot more. You know, uh-huh. a lot of people start playing there, so I'm playing. I don't want to say B talent, but. I play there, I'm excited, then I head over to Daniel Mack because the whole point of Valor was to get people to go to Daniel Mack, but me and one other guy, we went, I played there. Problem with me is I've never grown. I've been five nine the rest of my life, so I'm just slowly moving back and back and back in the defensive side of the ball. Right, right. So I get there, I'm playing the Will Linebacker position. I'm like, okay, great, I'll play some Will Linebacker. Mm-hmm. I'm a great 10 guy playing varsity ball, getting smoked by A division dudes that are six feet, 5'11, huge. Yeah. Girl, t- grade 12 grown men. We go four and three, grade 11. I come back. It's like, you know what? Let's put you at a receiver this year. So then I'm at receiver. like, oh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Play there. I'm uh, I'm not very good at that either. I'm slow. <laughs> I get a little 300 yards, maybe. You know, a-, a division DBs aren't the greatest. So I did that. Grade 12, our old quarterback is aged out. I go in there, we're a super young team. We have great guys coming in from other valor programs such as Kieran Benson, right. Ethan Snurridge, Yeah. So that team's just a gone show. We're the rebuild game. We um maybe score four touchdowns all year. We mm-hmm. go one and seven. Yeah. I played I played quarterback. I'm like, okay. I break my foot that year. So that, that took me out for most more than half the games after that i um my um buddy tells me hey the nomads i go play for the nomads i go back to receiver because they have a quarterback okay we go oh we go oh and eight there we uh had a couple of close games against brandon we lost uh we uh we were up six with five minutes left they kicked the ball to us and our returner fumbles they score they win by two heartbreak so then we like um I'm thinking about where to play next year. I don't want to go back to the Nomads. We had the 450 game that season to save because of low numbers. Okay. So I'm frustrated with them. Caleb messages me. He's like, you know, we're, look, we're starting a team here, we're starting a group of great guys, we want to be a part of it. I'm excited about that. I join there, and I try to be a quarterback, but mm-hmm. I quickly realize I am not very good at the position. <laughs> can't three-step, can't five-step. I had a noodle arm going 30 yards to the wrong team half the time. And that's when Caleb finally convinced me, you know, you should try out Big Air Academy. I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, I'm not too sure about that. We finished that year 0-6. We had a playoff game. We were down to maybe 20 guys, I'd say, at Save-It-Tell. We worked hard. We uh, we um, definitely did not – we lost 40-6, to but it was just impressive to have 20 guys out there compete. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I decided, you know what? If I'm gonna keep playing football, I'm gonna have to take this quarterback thing very seriously if I want to play. Because I'm not, I can't play receiver. I'm not big enough to play defense no more. Right. So that's when I went. Through, I, I start off with Caleb asking me, "Hey, do you, you want to go to a camp and play? Uh, go, maybe go to Okanagan or something." So I am mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, it'd be a great idea." So I signed up for that. But then he says, "Why not the Rifles too?" I'm like, mm-hmm. "That's a great idea too." I go to the Rifles, and that's where I meet you. Right. Uh, I I had a great time there. It was great, you know. Five quarterbacks, six quarterbacks there. I was thinking, you know, these junior guys. Yeah, definitely Riley N- Niox is like above and beyond. Like that's where I got to be. I got to be above that skill level. Mm-hmm. And I go through that camp. I thought I did all right, you know. Yep. I uh, go to Okanagan. It was so so there. They had maybe I nine quarterbacks go to that spring camp out of the nine they already signed three so they're looking for one i'm like this isn't too great but Mm -hmm. i had it was a great time beautiful city i love playing there i brought back all this information i've learned from there to to the saint james rods played my last year there last year Mm -hmm. we we had our fights we were in the definitely close to tell two or three games one score game and then they just took off i got my first majors win against brandon you know 16 uh 16 to five you know I had one passing touchdown, two picks, but it doesn't matter. A wins a win, you know. Yeah, wins a win. Did that. Wins a win. We Any took way. It. Any way possible. Defense yeah. carry me. Thank thank you, defense, for that. I appreciate you. Love you guys. Um <laughs> we uh we finished the season, uh playoff game against Save We're up at halftime, ten to six, I believe, and just I threw a bad pick and it just turned downhill for us from there. But then mm. after that I go play pro prep. I keep working with you in Big Era. Loved it there. Loved the program, you know. Mm-hmm. I really I really pride most of my improvements from working with you, you know. I actually have two videos. I have the first video you ever took of me, mm-hmm. and my arm's jagged sideways, arm, throwing the ball, and I just look like a goof. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and I look at the ones I had a couple of months ago. I'm like, this is the improvement. And that's why I love the video thing, definitely, because I um, – I'm a firm believer that in order to get better, you need to see what you're doing, right? Yes. One coach can tell you you're doing this, but if you don't actually see it, it's hard to believe. Very true. So the improvements keep coming. Pro prep, we kill it. We go five and two against university teams. And we're a bunch of dudes grouped together. That was great. And um, yeah, now we're just in COVID times, hoping they go to Kamloops soon. And that's it.
1: Oh, that's but you fantastic. and you were the MVP though in the league, man. Don't don't be modest. Really.
2: Offensive, offensive MVP. It's not They're me. Okay. It's my guys catching the ball. I, I give all credit to them.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. And and you've also done a little coaching. Uh, you were pretty successful and won a championship with Valor. And you had a you had a real tremendous young quarterback. I'm interested about that experience. Tell me about that.
2: Oh, I loved it. You know, like Caleb said, I got pushed in the position because another guy stepped down. I stepped in. I was playing with a lot of those guys, a lot of the coaching players the year before. at Adam, mm-hmm. but I never got the chance to work with Delano until Pee Wee because he was that year older thing. I've okay. always heard these great things about him. I, I've seen him play, uh-huh. but you don't really actually appreciate what you what they have to actually get there and actually coach them. Right. So we got in there. I we're running. I'm like, I wonder what kind of offense we can run. I'm thinking most Pee Wee teams, you know, they got the power eye, the pitch left, mm-hmm. pitch right. And this guy's whipping a ball fifty yards. I'm thinking this is absurd. Right. So we come out at Peewee first game in the five wide, and mm-hmm. an exhibition game against St. James, and they lost for words. And this guy throws for over 350 yards in an exhibition game, and he's just he was just a great athlete. You can run like you know I have, like we definitely had success, but it's nothing to do with me. I feel when you have great players like that, you can tell them to run the QB sneak 80 times. They're going to win that game. Mm-hmm. But he had such a great mind for the game at 13. You know. We, he comes to the sidelines telling me, Coach, they were just in cover three. They both drop back. Let's run this. I'm thinking, Wow. We it just it was great to work with and um definitely him. We also so, had a great uh, running like back. You know, roster. Maybe I don't know about that. But we also had a great running back. It was it just very rewarding for sure, you because know? mm-hmm. I always I grew up playing and I always thought, you know, if it wasn't for those coaches, I wouldn't get the opportunity to play. And that's why I did it. I'm like, you know, I wanna give back. I just don't wanna take and not give so definitely playing with the majors team definitely helped you know two three two days a week i'm at rods three days a week i'm at valor Mm -hmm. and winning the championship was great it was our first one ever and um i loved it i wish i could do it next year but i'll definitely be coming back to coaching there whenever i uh hang up the cleats for sure yeah
0: no and and that's great to be able to give back you were also super helpful for me this summer you came out to some uh some workouts i had with younger guys and you were you know kind of Leading the troops and, and helping me coach as well and and I really appreciate that. Number one, I appreciate uh, you know the kudos that you're giving me on on you know the quarterback improvement and whatnot. But uh, at the end of the day, you're the one that did the work and uh, you've made the improvements. You're a great young man. I think that you're going to be a great football coach in the future as well, and I want you to coach with me in the future. So uh, oh, I
2: love to. Love to. Yes. Yeah, Anytime, so, any place.
0: There we go. Well, that's it. So again, that's a great story, guys. Back at it with Coach Geese, Coach Gowdy, and Nathan Lateo for the third quarter. So gents, uh I, I've been a Steelers fan you know, most of my life, uh, I, I've, I do feel like the NFL is so good that it's hard to just have one team at times and, and growing up, I had a few different teams that I like. Um, but, uh, I've been pretty, pretty consistent with the Steelers for a long time now. They're, they're kind of, they're definitely my team, but, uh, I also do have a little pseudo, pseudo team that I like here and, I, and I'm rocking the, the old JPP jersey of the New York Giants. And, uh, I'll tell you why I like the New York Giants. Uh, it, it only has to do with beating the Patriots. So uh, being able to do that twice, especially the first time in 2007 against that undefeated team, uh, they forever will be my favorite NFC team. And Eli Manning's the man for, for bringing that first Super Bowl back. So, Coach, you were also a Giants fan. So what is it about the Giants? Why, why are you a Giants fan?
1: I am. I've been a Giants fan since I was a kid uh growing up you know we're so close to minnesota my daddy was a huge minnesota Vikings fan okay and you know when you when you get to like 12 13 years old you know you're rebelling you know you don't want to do the same things as your parents anymore right and you and you, and you pick your team mm-hmm. and this is like right before they, they they were getting good there i remember they had big brandon jacobs yeah. they had justin tuck which is great defense mm-hmm. and uh they played smash with football and i like i like the red and the blue i like you know the the name the giants you know the biggest the, the biggest guys and mm-hmm. yeah I, I, you know not not many fans that you know, lived through a Super. Bowl. I don't think Nathan will ever get to see his Bengals win a Super Bowl which is sad <laughs> but uh, I got to see two I got to see two as a kid both mm-hmm. are, both are my parents based in that. <laughs> oh,
0: that's fantastic. But, uh, I love the
1: Giants great defense I don't know uh, like I'll, I'll always be a Giants fan mm-hmm. but I don't watch as much NFL these days anymore and I just I don't like the direction that the Giants have been going the past couple of years so Tough, tough, tough to cheer for them.
0: Yeah. Spe- speaking of which, how do you feel about uh, Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes? Is he the franchise quarterback of the future? Uh,
1: Danny Dimes, man. I don't think he's the guy. No. I'm not sure what uh, the connection was there, but I know, what was it, like his Duke coach was the coach of Payton or Eli or something yeah, like that? Yeah, that's, that's a comfortable decision for the, the general manager to make. And when you make those comfortable decisions, that's – sometimes they blow up, man. Sometimes they backfire. Right. And I, I – he's Great QB, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't think they have enough talent around him right now. Like, like two years ago, three years ago, when Josh Allen could have been drafted there number two, mm-hmm. oh, I think we missed out there. And now uh, you see how good Josh Allen is right yeah. now too, being able to keep plays alive and that big arm there. So, right. I don't know. I'm not uh, I'm not ready to throw in the uh, towel on Danny Dimes yet. Maybe yeah. we'll see one more year, but it's tough being a Giants fan these days, man. Mm-hmm. It is tough.
0: Yeah, I I think he's got a lot of talent. He shows he shows you know a lot of great quarterback play but you're right he doesn't have a lot of talent around him and they definitely need to bring in some studs for him to throw the ball to you know they got a great guy in the backfield as long as he stays healthy and they need to improve their offensive line as well but uh yeah i guess i guess we'll see what happens right um
2: he's got to hold on to that ball yeah i think he has like more fumbles than he does touchdown pass it's some some crazy stat he has right
0: right and how, how about you nathan you uh you're a, a Bungles fan, man. How how did you become a Bungles fan? Um,
2: yeah, I was I was. You dropped on your head as a kid. Uh, five or six playing NFL, two K six or two K five. I saw this cool logo. First of all, like, man, that's a pretty sick logo. Yeah. So I'm playing. I'm playing with those guys, and then I started watching more football, and I just became a big Carson Palmer fan. Okay. And uh, slowly I learned about Chad Johnson. That guy's cool. Then they had Rudy Johnson in the backfield for a bit. Mm-hmm. And they brought in TO, and I just, football became one of my, my favorite sport. And I just, you know, the Bengals are my favorite team. And I just started having pride in those guys. And, and it shows I'm not a how of bandwagon, fan on top of that. So, one That's thing true. I have to say about my teams, you know, those dudes, like I'm a Seahawks fan. Yeah. Now I'm a Buccaneers fan. I'm, I've been a Bengals fan through 12 and 4 and losing in the first round to uh, 2 and 14 and not making the playoffs no more.
0: Yeah, no, that's some respect. I, I can appreciate that you stay loyal to your team. Now, how about how about their head coach Zach Taylor? Do you think you know he's been there two years and and whatnot? He he took a lot of heat this year, especially when Joe Burrow got hurt. And I know you you had a post about it that I read. Uh, <laughs> so, what what do you think Did of Zach? Bring that?
2: Post back. What was he saying there? <laughs> uh, I call the Bengals organization a joke because they um they uh, can't protect their quarterback, their future. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe it's not zach taylor's fault you know yeah their their general manager mike brown's just cheap he doesn't want to spend the money right mm-hmm. but zach taylor with what he has he was in eight or nine games this year within six points you know the two and fourteen records show how good they played this year they beat the titans who was a playoff team right there's definitely a lot more there i think taylor's not the issue it's 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 far than that it's the money we need to make you know in order to be good you gotta you gotta spend some money you're not gonna I have a budget roster. This isn't the dream team. This isn't a movie. You need to spend the money to be half decent. I agree.
0: Okay, guys. So with all this NFL talk, I got a little game for you. Uh, this game's called Are You a Real Fan? It's an NFL trivia game. And I've uh, I've catered these questions to your team. So, Coach, it'll be Giants questions. Nathan, it'll be Bengals questions. Uh, we got four rounds. You'll have five seconds to answer your question. And if you don't, then the other guy can steal. Uh, the questions will get progressively harder each round. And the winner at the end who has the most points, that's how she rolls. So, you guys ready to go? Yes, sir. Okay, okay. Do it. There we go. All right. So, coach, I will start with you. Who did Eli Manning take over the starting job for in 2004?
1: Oh, what was his name? Uh, that's a good question. This is a good first question. Um, what's his name He played for, he's an old guy played for the Cowboys did he not
2: that's about 5 seconds already yeah that's
1: 5 yeah, seconds right. you got the yeah, answer Nate I don't know, I, I, don't know. Was it,
2: was it, uh, I know was the, the face
1: has, I can see the face in my the head I can't I can't I
0: can a guess shot in the dark no it was Kurt Warner Kurt Warner yeah, Kurt,
2: yeah, Kurt Warner yeah he was playing for the Giants for I me, thought yeah. He was the Cardinal.
0: Oh well, that was after the fact.
2: And a Ram.
0: Yeah, that was before the fact. You missed that, middle, that middle section.
2: Uh, I was like four years old at the time. Oh, I was of thinking of, I don't
1: know why. I was thinking of Bledsoe. I was thinking, didn't uh, Brady take over for Bledsoe? Yes. Yeah, Brady took
2: over for Bledsoe. Yeah, yeah that's, okay.
1: that's what I was thinking of, man. I, yeah, Cornwall, I knew Cole played play for the Giants, but before you don't my get time. half man. a
2: point for that still. You get no points. No, right. no, no.
0: I, I don't get <laughs> it. Okay, Nathan, you're up. Name All the right. receiving duo that Carson Palmer played with as a bangle earlier in his career.
1: Oh, that's easy. Come on, hey, I'm giving him easy answer.
0: It wasn't T.O.
2: I know it wasn't T.O. That was, that was at the end. It was, it's Chad Johnson. And, um, and um, I was like six years.
0: uh Coach, you can steal that. I was, was, Who is it, Coach?
1: I'm going to chime in. Yeah, Uh, you got it TJ
0: who's All right, coach has got a point. Okay, so we're going on to this. We're going on to the second round. Okay, second round. Here we go. So coach now in 2007, we had the iconic play the Tyree helmet catch, right? That was that was huge, right? But in 2011, in 2011, there was also a really
1: You're a real Giants fan. Yeah, you know where you were when he made that catch. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. But I'm thinking about the 2011 season. There was also kind of an iconic catch that happened on the left sideline. Defense is playing cover two, and Eli throws a money hole shot on the sideline, and the receiver toe taps to stay in bounds. Who was that receiver?
1: Is this a specific game?
0: This is the Super Bowl the Super 2011.
1: Bowl, on. Oh, the Super Bowl. In the
0: Super Bowl, in the Super oh, Bowl um, 2011. 2011? Yeah.
1: trying to think, is that Plexico? I think that's Plexico, eh? Was it not, like, the game winner?
0: No, sorry. not Plexico played for him I in 2007. True. How about you, Nate? Do you know who that receiver I thought was?
2: he was earlier, yeah. Was it Victor I Cruz? I don't it. know how old
0: he is. That's, that's a good guess. No, not Victor Cruz. It was Mario Manningham.
2: Oh, yes! You know which Mario
0: one I'm Manningham. talking about? He,
1: makes a, yeah. he was a big-time player for them. Yeah, he was. He was I a gotta good receiver. A, I got to get a point. And uh, a no. there, too. Cool. So they have Manningham, Knicks. They some good talent.
0: They had the other Steve Smith.
2: I was the Madden Tanner. Yeah, Steve Smith, yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: Kevin Boss, I think, was the tight end. They, they had some good talent, that year. Okay, yeah. so, Nathan, we're going to you. Uh, okay, so what troubled defensive back, drafted by the Tennessee Titans and then played for the Dallas Cowboys, revitalized his career and his reputation playing for you in 2010 to 2017?
1: Is it Pac-Man Jones?
0: It is Pac-Man Jones. boy. There you go. You get a point.
1: Got to get gotta some uh good. some fireworks or something. You got to get your production value up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gong or something.
0: Too funny, too funny. All right, so what's what's the score here? Name, of the easy ones. Are we one all or are we two nothing? I think it's 1-1, one one, yeah. It's 1-1? One, one. Okay, all right. All right. So going on to the third round here, coach. Okay. I don't know if you're going to get this, is a tough one. Uh can you name the offensive lineman for the Giants that married Tom Coughlin's daughter?
1: Oh, this is easy,
0: Chris Snead. Chris Snead, good job, Coach. There you go, taking the lead, two like to one. Like the
1: last, the last great Giants line. Man. Yeah, he was a great. It all went downhill with Chris Snead.
0: Yeah, can oh, you imagine? On, can you imagine marrying the head coach's daughter and what that would have been like?
1: Oh man, Chris Snead's got some cojones on yeah, him. Yeah, no
0: <laughs> All right, Nathan. Okay, here we go, Nathan. In two thousand and four, the Bengals drafted this running back in the first round. He was the twenty sixth pick overall.
2: Rudy Johnson.
0: That's a good guess, but it's not Rudy Johnston. Coach, any idea?
2: Which year was that?
0: In 2004. This guy isn't a big name. He, he didn't have much of a career in the NFL. He
2: was a bust.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I got no guesses. Right? No
0: guesses? Okay, his name was Chris Perry. Uh, oh. Coach, you got the lead, 2-1? to one? Yes, sir. Okay, we're here. Here we go, last round. Okay, so, Coach, uh, name the Giants two bookend defensive ends for the 2007 Super Bowl team. Who were the two defensive ends?
1: Oh, I can name, like, four of them. We got Justin Tuck. We got O.C. Manura. They had Kiwanuka getting reps in there. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting one guy, though. Strand. Was it not Strand?
0: Strand. You were right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, they had, like, oh. they had, like, five guys, man. They would go NASCAR, JP yeah. came in a, year a couple years later there.
0: Right. No, that's right. You got it right. Coach, I, show, I us, had...
1: show us the back of that jersey there. Show, show us the back of that jersey real quick. Can you see it? Ah! Oh. <laughs> 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 too funny, too funny.
0: That's a rare jersey, Coach. Yeah. All right, guys. Okay, so, Coach, you got another point. You're up. Three to one. Nathan, uh, you this can't... This is for pride. Yeah, this is for pride. You can't even Probably. win here. All right, Nathan. Who are the three head coaches that the Bengals have had since... The year 2000 to present.
2: Zach Taylor, Marvin Lewis, and of course the last guy I don't know because it's 2000. Uh... He,
0: I'll, I'll give you a little hint. I'll give you a little hint. He's a long-term Steelers defense coordinator. Zimmer? Close. No clue. This
2: guy's the two. This is the two thousand coach. I got Mark Lewis and Zach Taylor. <laughs> you my present.
0: It was it was Dick LeBeau. Martin was
2: Dick, LeBeau. Dick LeBeau. I, I was to say Mike wow. Tomlin. He's the head coach. No, no. Wow.
0: Too funny. All right, guys, that ends the third quarter. Good job. Back at it for the fourth quarter. Coach is Coach Gowdy and Nathan Latteo. So guys. You know, it's kind of a sad time, but it's also a happy time, right? We got the Super Bowl coming in, in uh, not this weekend, but next. Uh, Kansas City against Tampa Bay. You know, old GOAT versus maybe new GOAT. Um, but it's its sad that there's no more football after that, right? Like, uh, th- that's kind of the downfall of, of things coming to an end. So, you know, Coach, who do you like for the Super Bowl? Who do you think's going to win that game and why?
1: Just tough to bet against Brady, man. How many times have you been here? What? Ten times? Ten times. Ten, ten time now? Yep. It's going to be tough to stop him, man. But uh, who knows? It could be the passing of the torch. Like, I'm not uh, – I haven't watched too many of uh, Brady's games this year. Mm-hmm. But I've seen, uh, I've seen Mahomes play, man. Jeez, that guy is good. Yeah.
0: He's good. Their offense is uh, scary. Tyreek Hill, how fast that guy is? Wow.
1: Any DB there, man. I feel bad for them. I'm going to say 31-28 for Tampa Bay.
0: Okay, I like it. Cool game. How about you Nathan, what do, what do you like for the Super Bowl? Who do you like?
2: Uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to win it. And it's yeah? I just I think the defense on Tampa Bay side is really good. It's underrated mm-hmm. all year. For sure. Keep in mind last last week against Green Bay, Brady threw three bad picks and they stopped them every time for six points off turnovers or something inside the 50 half the time. Mm-hmm. And I I know Mahomes is great. He's, he's technically the best quarterback, but Bray doesn't have two bad games in a row. I think he's going to protect the ball, and I think they're going to win by at least 10.
0: Wow. I like it. I like the confidence. Okay. Now, guys, I ask everybody this. Coach, I'll start with you. Who is your favorite quarterback of all time and why?
1: All time, Eli Manning. Easy. I love it. Never missed a game until he got pulled. For what was it like? Seventeen years I was watching him. Mm -hmm. Consistency, consistency in him showing up to work, and consistency in how how he worked. He like that. People they would always make fun of him. You know all the announcers. Oh look at Eli. He doesn't get worked up. Yeah. Doesn't get sad. He just stays that calm, cool level man. And and what else can you people hate on him? But what does he got? He's got two Super Bowl rings. Yep. He's got two Super Bowl MVPs. Played on great teams, taking down the GOAT, Brady, yep. so the GOAT killer, man, Eli Manning. Oh, I, I like Maddie. it. It's, it's just a damn, damn shame how they how they did him like that, going out. Yeah, it was, it was.
0: And, and I, I agree with you, Coach. I mean, you think about the pressure that Eli Manning had, just, you know, who his dad and brother were, and, you know, to go to New York and, and all those things together, you know, I... I, I agree with you that those two Super Bowl wins and, and those seasons in particular, I think, cement him as as a as a Hall of Fame quarterback. Absolutely. Um, how about you, Nathan? Who's your favorite quarterback?
2: Without a doubt, Tom Brady. Okay. Um, you know, I, I actually wrote a. Like 11-page paper on him in high school on why he's the GOAT. Okay. And he's I just like the underdog story of him, you know? He's at Michigan. He gets pulled half the season for this new hot shot coming in. Mm-hmm. Proves himself there. He's barely drafted. Goes up to Robert Kraft. Tells him he's the best decision he ever made. Never lost his confidence. And when he got his chance, he took over. He Bledsoe went down. He was a top quarterback. Came in. Took his job. He didn't look back, no matter what all the haters say, you can call him a cheater, you can call him whatever you want. Mm-hmm. His numbers don't lie. He's a top He's top in every stat, and he's been to 10 Super Bowls. You don't get that all by luck in no. defense.
0: No, I and you're right. And the fact that he's now at the Super Bowl with a different team, you know, speaks again to to his ability. Now, that team's loaded, and, and they put it all together mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but he's still the one that makes it go, right? And we all know that. So, you know, that's a great pick. So, guys, unfortunately, we're, we're kind of at the end of the podcast. I, I really appreciate you guys being on and talking about major football and talking about your backgrounds. It's been great to, uh, you know, obviously catch up with you, Nathan, and get to know you a little bit more, Coach. Uh, so I want to thank you for being on. And uh, I also want to thank the people that are listening to the podcast. A lot of people uh, are saying nice things and, and listening in to the podcast, and it's been kind of a really fun opportunity. So uh, I want to thank those people that are listening as well. And uh, you guys... Thanks again for being on, and I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed your time.
1: Thank you for having us, Geese. You're doing a great thing, Coach Geese, and I appreciate you. you. All right, thank one you. One more guys. thing. Yeah. Rods are gods, baby. Rods are, Rods Rods gods. are gods.
0: Join a team, not a gang.
1: Join a team, not a gang. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. There we'll have go. to do uh, another reprint of those shirts. Yeah, I need one. Coming
0: your way. I need one of those shirts. There we go. All right, guys, you take care. All Thanks. the best, guys. All right, take care. Yeah,
1: I'm great here.
0: You too.